Welcome to Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat. I'm your studio host, Oren Stewart. Thank you all for joining us today. We have another amazing episode in store. Stay tuned. Again, thank you for joining us here at Checking In. I'm your studio host, Oren Stewart. Now let's introduce our host of the show, Dr. Miranda Kitterlin Lynch and Mr. Leon Thomas. How are you both doing? Doing great, doing great. How are you? I'm doing well, Miranda. How are you? Excellent. That's good. Leon, how are you doing? Hey, Oren, everything is groovy. Miranda, how are you doing? Same, groovy. That's good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It doesn't sound as cool when I say it, but okay. yes, it does. It does. It does. All, I'll tell you, I look so forward to seeing you all both each, each episode. Have a great show, you guys. Thank you. Great. Thanks. You, you know, no. can I just tell you something away from hotels and all that stuff real quick? Can I just share something with you? Absolutely. Here's something that's groovy. Let's talk about racquetball. Yes. The kids at Racquetball Revival, that's racquetballrevival.com, participated in a tournament this past weekend. And we won two youth divisions out of three. Amazing. And two of our players played in mid-level adult divisions and won championships. Yes. That's incredible. Yes. Congratulations <laughs> to them. Yeah. They are rocking on, which means now they have to go up and play higher levels. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. So it's, it, everything is groovy on the racquetball front. Maybe we'll get you and our guest today to come play some racquetball, Miranda. Huh? What do you think? I'd love to. I'm going to show up one day. All right. Looking looking forward to it. Here we are at episode number. Oh, man. I didn't prepare and look it up. Uh, 17? <laughs> that sounds good. Let's go with 17. <laughs> Let's go with it. Let's go with it. <laughs> episode 17 it is. We're here at Checking In a Lodging DEI Chat. If you would like to be a guest on this show, you can contact me via email to leon at the leonthomasgroup.com or Miranda, how does someone contact you if they'd like to be a guest on this show? You can email me, M-K-I-T-T-E-R-L at F-I-U.edu. You can find me on LinkedIn. And as always, you can Google Miranda Ketterlin Lynch. If you find more than one, I, I'll have to find a new saying. <laughs> You're the only one. You're the only one. I'm the only one. <laughs> no new saying needed. Looking forward <laughs> to it. And you know what? I, I got a, uh, a text from someone yesterday that wanted to know if we would be open to participating in panels on DEI conversations in hotels. And I said, I would, and that I would ask you. So. Absolutely. You. Yeah. Absolutely. I would love to always. Yeah. So we can help in that regard. Please contact us. Yeah. Miranda, great guest today. Would you go ahead and introduce our guest? Oh my gosh, she's one of my favorite people in the entire world, and we have some excellent DEI conversations. It's Miss Kathy Martin, who is also my colleague at Florida International University. Hi, Kathy. 
Hi. Oh my God. I love Miranda's introduction. Um, I will pay you later for that one. Miranda. <laughs> no, I'm joking. She's one of my favorite people as well in the world. She knows it. <laughs> Got the cash rolling out. Hey, Kathy, how you doing? I'm great. Great. Leon, thank you so much for having me on here, guys. I really appreciate it. You know, somehow I was expecting you to say groovy. Oh, I can do it. I'm very groovy. Okay. All right. Let's roll back. Let's roll back. Let's roll back. Hey, Kathy, how you doing? I am extra groovy today. <laughs> okay, right on. We'll go with that. Mm-hmm. We'll go with it. Extra groovy. Good deal. Do you play racquetball? No, I don't. Um, I am down to try. I hope that there's nothing like, you know, there's no uh, awards or anything. As long as it's a practice trial, I'm there for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes. Everyone gives racquetball a try. It's the coolest sport ever. When we have our next Try It Out event in Baltimore, we'll make sure you're invited. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can go together, Kathy. <laughs> yes. And then we can have crab cakes because I'm going to Baltimore. I need to have crab cakes. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, since you brought it up, <laughs> since you brought it up, let's have that conversation now. <laughs> have you had a Maryland crab cake before? Yes, I have. Um, my dad actually uh, used to go to Baltimore quite often. Um, he was going to the Hopkins Medical Center there. And while he was there for about two weeks, he had the best crab cake of his life, as he told me. And I said, well, that's not helping me because I love crab cakes. He <laughs> says, well, I love you dearly. So I'm sending a box of fresh crab cakes to the house. And honestly, the best ever crab cakes I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, Bal- in Baltimore. In Baltimore. So I forgot the name of the restaurant that he went to, but they actually will freeze them for you. They'll just tell you when it's being delivered. You put it in the oven or hook it up. And it was the best crab cake. I am okay with saying that today. Absolutely. Yes. yes. <laughs> You can come back on the show. <laughs> yes, you can, yes. Miranda, remember we had the one guest on. They said they had crab cake in like Kansas City at a barbecue joint. Yes, yes. Uh, I thought you were going to have a heart attack. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, right on. So, Miranda, how do you know Kathy? Give us some background on that, and let's let's talk. Some. Yeah, Kathy and I are colleagues, like I said, in the Chaplin School of Hospitality and Tourism Management at Florida International University. Um, Kathy was once my student, but moreover, she is a very dear friend, and she is a huge resource for our students. She is just phenomenal. Thank you. Uh, Kathy, did you want to add anything? Do you want to share your title? So I am the Assistant Director of Career Development at the Chaplin School. Basically, my role, I work with all of our hospitality students and helping them to aspire their career goals. So um, if that is doing personal career counseling, getting their life together, that's what some of them students say. Um, But in addition to that, I also um, am an adjunct professor. So I teach human resources management, introduction to hospitality and tourism management, and also our internship class. So a little bit of some other stuff I do there, too. And prior to becoming um, a part of this academic world, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your industry experience? So I would say that I am a true bred hospitality um, individual. I left the industry after almost 14 years. Um, So I worked in cruise lines, um, property management, hotels, human resources was my baby. That's where I fell in love. Um, And honestly, I loved working in the industry. My students always ask me, why did you leave? And I said, I always feel like, you know, life will take you in different directions. And I got a great opportunity to come to FIU. But my first love is hospitality. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, 
So tell me, in your industry experience, did you see a lot? Because right now we're seeing a lot of push for DEI, right? Yeah. And yeah. whether it's lip service or mm-hmm. true uh, motivation to change, in your industry experience, did you see that same push or that same conversation? Or do you feel like this is a relatively new buzzword that people are throwing around? I wish that I could say that when I started, there was such a push or like I kind of call like now there's like a whole little scope now on companies um, and seeing like who are in their C-suites, right? And if there is diversity within there. Back in my days, there wasn't a lot of that push. I mean, I was very fortunate that I had some great mentors um, and they used to always tell me, you have to be your own voice. Um, You need to speak up and say what your aspirations are, what your goals are, get into professional organizations um, so that you basically don't hit this glass ceiling, which I didn't understand what that term was. Um, But it happens, you know, so um, I try to definitely make sure to get myself out there. But as much as we're hearing it now, unfortunately, let's say after, you know, what happened with George Floyd, um, no, there wasn't that much buzz or talk about it. It was just something that I think amongst peers and colleagues, yes, we would have these honest conversations of like, I don't see people like myself in higher positions, let's say above a director, right? I don't see my VP looking like me, um, but there wasn't that push. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know that we did have that big push, right? Right after George George Floyd Floyd's murder, and you heard all of the companies, well, many of the companies talk about they were they wanted to improve the the work quality for their black and minority employees. They wanted to bring more people of color and other minorities into the C suite. Now, here's something interesting. There's a hotel company, a brand one of the franchise companies that's having a meeting this week in Baltimore and someone that works for that company sent me a text that said, I'm looking around the room now and I don't see more minorities in the room now than I did three years ago. And this is, these are all corporate employees. And I texted a a friend who works for another franchise company and they said, yeah, it's, it's kind of the same that the conversation was there when business was down. That was the thing they were talking about. But now that business was up and now the economy is in question about what's going to happen, that that's kind of all gone away. Have you heard any anything like that? That the, the what, What's been your sense, Kathy? Are we still talking about it, doing it, or has that kind of faded away? So there's like two aspects to it, if I'm going to be, you know, 100%. So we do obviously have partners out in the industry in various sectors of hospitality. Um, They've come to my classroom and there is still a talk and push to say that they want to increase um, diversity, especially in more senior leadership management roles. However, and I have seen, let me pause with that. And I have seen a lot of companies really trying to develop management development programs um, that are kind of more aim at growing kind of a little bit more faster rate, these leaders, and they are focusing on making sure that there is diversity in that. But then there's another part to it where I was in an event the other day and uh, one of the colleagues or the person actually sat next to me, we were talking with my colleague and she goes, you know what, Catherine, I was at this award, show, like award event for hospitality professionals. And I go, okay. And she goes, not one person up there who won an award in a leadership management role looked like you or not. And I was like, and I wanted to be surprised. I wanted to honestly be shocked, but I'm not. 
um, because we've sat in countless meetings where I look around and there is not a general manager or a VP that looks like myself, you know? So unfortunately, when she said that, I looked at her and I go, it's sad because how many years have I been in the industry and left? And it's still the same conversations that we're having. Um, but I'm not shocked. It's just more saddens me and disappoints me about why are we not still seeing that representation, you know, at these levels or even that, for example, at awards for even senior level management roles. Mm. Right, right. So I want to ask you two questions. The first is simple. In your industry career, how many GMs of color did you have? None. Not surprising. Not, not great. Not surprising. Um, and then why do you think, candidly, why do you think that is? Oh, um, I don't know if really and truly outside of maybe some employees or colleagues or staff that hit director roles, I don't know if sometimes people in C-suites or the people that really have a hand at making a change look at those things. You know, um, I used to talk to Miranda all the time and I will also mention to like one of my mentors, I'm like, am I the only one that I look at something? And the first thing that I look at is to see, is there representation? You know, is there someone that possibly could look like me, right? Or look like my students. Um, and I was in a DEI panel not too long ago. And, you know, one of the panelists said, it's so important that we um look for a voice, but also look for like someone to be on your team, almost like an alliance, right? And even if the person is not, doesn't look like you, if that person has a push or a pull to like speak for you, make sure you let that person know what your goals and aspirations are. Um, and it resonated with me because someone told me that like 20 something years ago when I was in the industry, right? Because she says, not everyone sits back and says, hmm, I don't think that we have an assistant general manager that is a woman, or I don't think, why don't we have a GM that is a person of, of diverse ethnicity? I don't think that people sit back and have that conversation more as a business, right? Is the hotel running? Are we making revenue? How are our rates on trip advisors and things like that? Um, so when she said that, it resonated with me because um, we were having a conversation with a VP of human resources for a huge hotel brand. And it touched me that she was very candid. She says, what I'm doing now is, and what we should have been doing many, many years ago is at these conversations or these meetings where I have a chance to speak with like, let's say the CFO or this high person and just being honest and say, hey, I pulled a report and across X amount of our properties, we don't have one general manager that is African-American or we don't have one that is Hispanic. And she says, it's our time now that if we have a chance to be a voice and speak up and say, there needs to be change. We have to do something, then let me start with that. So I felt like I'm glad and I hope that other companies are doing that. But I think that's part of the problem. I don't think that a lot of people are sitting back or a lot of corporations are really sitting back and saying, hey, you know what, if we're going to be honest, we don't have any GMs, right, that are African-American or Hispanic or Asian, let's say, for example. I don't know if those conversations are really happening and saying why, what is it, why, where is the glass ceiling stopping them from being able to get to those positions? That mm -hmm. is such 
a valuable point that you make. And, and I think that it is easy to get caught up in the operations of things and then lose sight of like what your organization could really benefit from, right? Um, and you talk about having someone who will speak up for you. Um, our mm -hmm. last guest, Lan Elliott, calls these champions. And I think it's so important not to just have a champion, but when you get into the position to be a champion for others. Um, and I know you and I have talked about that before too. Um, tell me something that you think could be the first step, other than speaking up about it, when there's people who are uh, in decision-making positions. What are other steps that someone who looks like me could take to help move the, the needle, to help increase representation and change? Oh, that's a great question. Hmm. Um, I think that, like, as we, I was saying before, I don't know that we all sit around and have these thoughts, right? Because we're so in bottle with our day-to-day -day responsibilities. But when I was in human resources, um, I used to encourage our leadership or our leaders, I should say, within departments to, have you spoken with your team? Have you had like a little coffee with them? I spoke with so-and-so and he shared with me that he has an interest in growing. And the first thing that that manager was saying to me was like, oh my God, interesting. I didn't know that he wanted to grow within this role or grow within this company. And so I first used to encourage all my leaders to first have conversations and get to know your team members, get to know the staff that you manage. Um, you know, because I feel like when you invest in your team and they see that you care, then you can kind of see like, I didn't, you know, wow, I have great talent and they want to grow. So let me see what I can do on my part now to help that if it's within my department or maybe they want to leave. Um, but I think that that's something too, that I still feel like maybe not happening as much. Um, and I know that human resources, which is why I got into HR, because if I could make a difference and being that voice and advocate, when I know that managers may not have those conversations with their team members or employees, let me help facilitate that if I can, you know, but I have speak and spoken to my students and they're so afraid to talk to their managers. They're like, I don't know how to tell him. I'm trying to work hard. I'm doing extra hours. I'm meeting sales goals. But for whatever reason, I feel like I'm being missed. And I said, well, does your manager even know that you have an interest in growing? And they said, no. And I said, well, I think that's the first step. If your manager is not going to you, you know, the next time you guys have a meeting, say, hey, do you have like five minutes I can chat with you? Everything's all good. Just want to talk to you a little bit about me and like my role and how I'm enjoying working here and a little bit more of what I would like to gain as an experience or skills for my professional development. Mm -hmm. Folks, you're watching, you're watching Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat. I'm Leon Thomas with co-host Miranda Kidwin Lynch. Our guest today is Kathy Martin from Florida International University. We're talking about ways to improve DEI in the hospitality business. Kathy, I'm going to make, make two comments and I'd like to get your, your feedback on it. On another show that we produce here at the Leon Thomas Group, a conversation came up around um, Dr. King's birthday mm -hmm. and what has to happen in the black community to make things in, improve in all areas, community aspects, business, jobs, everything. And someone on that show said, those African-Americans, those black people, men and women who make it need to become more of a mentor and advocate for those that are trying to get there. Mm -hmm. And that many times someone who has made it 
forgets and they just say that I'm here now and they don't do enough or that organizations focus more on, on other areas and forget that we need to grow. For example, in our industry, we still need more black general managers, but there's been a lot of talk about black ownership, that that conversation about GMs has been lost and we've gone all the way up to C-suite and general manager. So that's, that's the, the first point. And then the other thing is, is that we need to have everyone become more of an advocate and mentor. And as I think about that, I remember I went to one of my bosses and I said, man, I really want to get in the management. And the response was, well, first we need to get this project done. And I, we got the project done. Hey, I really want to get in the, well, we have to get this done. Let's do this first. And then we'll talk about that. So it kind of got, got pushed to the back burner. So what are your thoughts on, on all of that? Are, are black people helping are we helping ourselves enough? Do we have enough mentors, advocates, so forth? What, what's your, your take on what you see? I mean, I definitely think that there's not, there's no stop or there's not enough help that we can give. And I think whoever made that comment about like, when we get there, it's not to just be like, oh, I made it. Okay, great. I'm here. It's like, okay, I made it. Now let me help someone else. Maybe have someone help me. Or even if I didn't get that help, let me go ahead and turn around and help somebody as I wish someone would have helped me get to their place of where they want to be for career. And like I said it before, that's why I went into human resources, because if I can make that change and be that voice, um, even though like I was not HRD, it didn't matter if I could have like up my foot in the door to speak to the recruiting manager um, to say, hey, I have an amazing team member. Don't think that she spoke to her manager or she did. And the manager mentioned it's coming, it's coming, but months have gone by and I'm scared we're going to lose her, you know? Um, but I do feel that there still can always be more mentorship, especially within minorities. Um, I, when I speak to high school students, I tell them like, you know, they're social media like experts, you know, I'm not, I'm still learning how to work Instagram. It's embarrassing. Um, however, I tell them, like, if you want to be, I don't know, a revenue analyst, or if you want to be a GM, or you want to be a doctor, whatever it is that your passion is, go to this amazing, easy website called LinkedIn. And what's the worst that can happen if you ask to connect with somebody, you know, you're not, don't ask for a job first, don't go for a job. Ask for, can I bother you for 20 minutes for guidance? I saw your profile and honestly, that's what I would love to be in 10 years, but I don't know where to start. And you just never know. Well, two things can happen or maybe three. Number one, they can say, oh, I'm kind of busy. Number two, they can say, I can't be right now, but I can definitely, or I can connect you with one of my colleagues who's in a very similar role as me and can help you. Or yeah, I'll take those 20, 25 minutes. A lot of people are willing to give back. Or maybe they just haven't been connected with like alumni resources or things like that. Um, so I feel like it's a two part role. I do feel that people, when they get to where they're at high, that they should not just say, OK, celebrate me. It's me now. Go back to your community. Give back to your high school, to your alumni, like whatever it is, give back because there's really talent there waiting that just would feel more comfortable just getting some guidance really and truly before even a job offer. And then I do tell everyone, you gotta also advocate for yourself and try to find someone that can open those doors. I'm very blessed, you know, Dr. Kitterland and I, we have a great relationship. 
The one thing I appreciate about her is she will push me. Oh my gosh, she will push me. We've had some very clear conversations where she will call me out on some stuff that I need to be doing. And I appreciate that. I really, really do. And then I also have like another mentor who, just like you, Leon, I told her I have this crazy dream and aspiration of doing some stuff. And she's like, all right, let's make it happen. And I'm like, what? I wasn't used to that. I was used to, not yet. I need you to work on this. And then, but we're going to keep that in mind. You know, we'll, we'll come back to that when you're, you know, you're 90 days, like whatever I mean, you, when we do our evaluation, but it never happened. So I appreciate having people in my corner that if I can share with them and maybe they could have a voice to open a door, an opportunity for me, or even speak for me, I appreciate that. But I also make sure that, what is it, speaky wheels, get the oil, whatever that saying is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important for us to remember that for ourselves too. Yeah. Miranda, before we take it to you for, the, for our next couple of minutes, Kathy, you talked about the importance of networking. You talked about reaching out to someone on, on LinkedIn. Point one, you know that's how Miranda and I met was through, through LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. We've talked about talked about that some, but I wanted to emphasize again. And the other thing is, I get college students reaching out to me on on LinkedIn, and more often than not, it's, "Can I have your email address? I want to send you my resume. Are you hiring? Do you have a job? Do you know anybody that is?" And I'm like, "You seem like a really groovy person." Let's talk. Let's get to know each other. Yeah, but I'm looking for a job. Hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, come on. Let's network. Let's talk. Let's chat. Slow it down a little. And it's not only that, it's salespeople too, hmm. right? Yeah. They yeah. all want to tell you something. So I just thought I'd, I'd throw that in before we take it to Murray. It's funny that you say that because I was just recently at a graduate conference for hospitality and tourism students and a faculty member was saying, you know, our students they're not networking. They're, do they not know how? Do they not see the value? We need to be spreading the message that networking is so important because our industry, while it's so large, it really is small. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm glad that you you mentioned that. Um, do I have time for one or two questions, Leon? Uh, this two is good. Yeah, we're good. So you mentioned the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And one of my favorite quotes is, our lives begin the our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. And that's one of the reasons I love doing this podcast and having these conversations. I wonder, Kathy, in your experience as a woman of color in the industry or even in education, were there ever times where you did not feel like you could say something? Were there times where you felt intimidated into silence? Oh, um. I think it's a little problem with me being intimidated because I have a mouth. <laughs> but no, no, no. Honestly, there was a time where it's kind of like we are like, you know, what's happening. You you can kind of prove it right that there may be a little bias or a little unfair treatment. Um, but you don't want to say something, even though you know you want to say something for a lot of reasons. I guess so. There could be a little bit of fear. There could be a little bit of like, oh, this is going to turn into something bigger. Or will someone really take this seriously and be like, okay, why is she feeling that way? Let's just really think about this. Um, and I know from speaking with my students that this is still happening, you know, where for obvious reasons, and some of them is very clear, like they've shared with me things have happened. And I'm like, Oh, my God, you know, you have to speak up, you have to say something. 
Um, but it's sad that in 2023, because I just had a conversation with a student about a week ago about something similar, there is a sense still of, of like kind of hushing it up or like, I don't know if this is going to even make a difference. I don't know if someone's going to listen to me. Right. Or are they going to be like thinking that I'm trying to make this like, cause I'm black. Right. Or something like that. Um, so yeah, I have, um, and I think that my dad used to always tell me and my mom still tells me like change is not going to happen unless someone says something like you have to do it, but you also have to speak up. So mm -hmm. I just always tell my students, you know, you have to say something, you know, um, and don't let anyone intimidate you or make you feel like, you know, no, don't, let's not let's not say anything, you know, because sometimes even it could be in large corporations, they don't want to get a bad look about God forbid if something comes out like that. Right. Um, but I feel that I think that's part of Dr. Martin Luther King's work. I think it's part of so many people that have made things possible for changes for so many of us today and for our children that you have to speak up and you have to even in like when you feel afraid or you feel like, hey, there may be some repercussions for this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Really good points. And if anybody needs help speaking up at any time, contact me. I'll use my middle-aged white lady powers for good. Um, my, <laughs> my last question for you is, um, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? And it can only be one thing. Ah, one thing? I got to tell her a lot of stuff <laughs> she could change. Um, man, I think... Oh gosh, I shared this with somebody the other day and I was saying, I would tell her, don't let fear of change, like stop you from like doing something different out of your comfort zone, you know? Um, and I had a crazy opportunity to live outside the country and it's outside the country, you know, like it was, it was different. Mom and dad were probably going to have to visit me, you know, I don't know when I took a vacation but I look back and I'm like, why did I stop myself? And I think it was just just change, you know, and and afraid to take that leap and, you know, not being able to just be by myself in a whole new country. And now I have two kids and my husband, you know, so it's really different. And I love my job. So really and truly, like, don't be afraid of change. Take that leap. Take that leap. You know, I love that. I love that. Uh, before we let you go, Kathy, I just have to give you a shout out. Leon, remember I told you that I was assigned the baked mac and cheese for Thanksgiving? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Kathy is the one who gave me the recipe and held my hand the whole time. <laughs> Down uh -huh. Let me see it, Miranda. Let me see it. <laughs> okay, so, so Kathy, you're, you're into crab cakes mm -hmm. and mac and cheese coaching. I, mm -hmm. I have to. I think all of us should share the love of how to make great mac and cheese. It's not an oh, empty sure. box. Nothing against yeah. the blue box. Nothing against the blue box or the Velveeta yellow box, you know, but we've got to learn how to make the real stuff. Oh. <laughs> I know, Leon, but I got to make sure I don't judge the, you know, anyone who touches that blue box or the yellow. You can see inside my pantry right now. <laughs> what? After making that mac and cheese during the holidays, you have the blue box? It's for the kids. It's for the for kids. The kids? Oh, get the kids out of the box. Uh, we started on such a high with Baltimore crab cake. The first point of conversation. And now. It's easy gone. I feel like Here. 
it's easy, you know, like that mac and cheese, it took work. Like I, I, I tell, I was telling Miranda, do not buy the block, like do not buy the shredded cheese. You got to get that block in. <laughs> I think I just got kicked off my own podcast. <laughs> wow. I'm myself, I'm going to make a baked mac and cheese tonight. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. With Kathy right. Martin's recipe. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. We'll we'll go with that. Right on. <laughs> Kathy, thanks for spending time with us here at Check In. And we appreciate it. Great conversation. Thank you for your insights. Oh, truly my pleasure. Thank you for having me here. I really enjoyed it. And I think it's these types of conversations that need to happen so much more often to really continue to like make changes and open opportunities, really and truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oren. How you doing, Oren? Great conversation. Oren, tell me you don't have the blue box in your pantry. You know, I was laughing. I'll tell you something. You, you I, I guess you'll definitely kick me off now. I don't even eat macaroni and cheese. <laughs> I'm not a macaroni and cheese. Never had it. Maybe bring, if I, bring I, Kathy back in. Bring Kathy back in. Kathy, he doesn't even eat mac and cheese. No, my wife and my kids, they love it, but I'm the only one that sits at the table and does not eat macaroni. I'm not a cheese guy. I'm not a really big fan of cheese <sighs> at all. <laughs> Oren, I don't want to judge you. Is I'm like, I, I don't, I, you know, yeah. my mouth went open when you said I don't even eat mac and cheese. Not at all. <laughs> wow. Not at all. I'm wow. telling you, I'm the only person at the table, and my wife and I have five kids, so you can imagine what that table looks like. And I'm like, I'll push it back. <laughs> <laughs> Leon's gonna fire us both. <laughs> yes, indeed. I said we should say today's the last show. <laughs> no, oh, we had it. Huh? We oh, had yeah. a great 17 episode run. Yes. This yes. is the last show. If you're signed up to be a future guest on checking in a lodging DAI chat, it ain't going to happen because <laughs> we got folks who have folks who don't eat mac and cheese. We've had a guest on who said they had crab cakes in Kansas City. We have our host who has a blue box, a pantry full of blue boxes. <sighs> I'm, I'm I'm done. You guys finish up. I'm I'll just sit here. No, that's all right. Kathy started us off on a good note. She she got your uh crab cakes, Leon, and and she's helped Miranda with what it was doing the holidays. So look, we're mm-hmm. good to go. We're good to go. Moving into this new year for all macaroni and cheese lovers. Enjoy. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. What another great episode checking in a lodging DEI chat. We so appreciate you all for joining us. As you see, we have fun here. Make sure to continuously tune in as we will have more great episodes to come. Take care.